Well, I just want to say hello to everyone. It's really great to see everyone, and I want to thank you so much for uh, hosting us in this facility this weekend. It's been great. We felt very well. It's just been awesome. But I think before I talk about Run for the Sun a little bit, I should give you a little better background about CMA, how it started, and all that, just to give you a little bit better idea. The Christian Motorcyclist Association of Canada is a nonprofit organization. It's an interdenominational group dedicated to taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the highways and byways, primarily through motorcycling. But we will anybody that needs the Lord, we want to reach them as well. Now, the original brainstorm for such an organization occurred in 1972 when a man by the name of Herb Shreve, a pastor evangelist, and his teenage son purchased their first motorcycles. Now, he felt this was a way to connect with his teenager, and they were struggling a little bit, and any of us that have had teenagers, we've probably all been through that, and we know what that's like. But after they got the motorcycles, they started going to some of the motorcycle rallies, and Herb realized there are people here that have never heard the gospel. There are people here that need to hear about Jesus Christ, and we need to get the message to them somehow. And so he started praying. He got some men together. He started praying, and he's saying, Lord, you need to send somebody out to those bikers. You've got to send somebody. And guess what? God sent him. And in 1975, CMA was born. And right now we've grown to over 100,000 members in 40 countries around the world. Now, a few years ago, I was at a rally where Herb spoke. And he said this. He said, I had a vision for 10 men going out and sharing the gospel to the motorcycling world. But he said, look what God has done. It's just amazing what God has done around the world. Now, in 1999, a friend from our church told my wife Lynn and I about this Christian motorcycle group. Now, we'd never heard of anything like that before because, you know, in the churches we were in, it was sometimes hard to say Christian and motorcycle in the same sentence. But anyway, so he invited us to this group. And uh, it was our first meeting. It was in April in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And if anything you know about Winnipeg, it can be cold out there. Well, it was a really cool day. But I said, Lynn, we're going to a motorcycle meeting. We have to take our motorcycle. And I convinced her. She was reluctant about that, but she got on the back, and away we went to the meeting. Well, we got there, and guess what? We were the only motorcycle there. Everybody else was wanted to stay warm, so they took their car. But we got in with this group, and uh, we looked around, and we could see these big, burly bikers and beards and tattoos. And I was like, what are we doing here? I, this is not a place for us. But God says, I want you here. This is where I want you. And that was 19 years ago, and we're still here. And it's been a great journey. We love this organization. We love what CMA stands for, and we love the outreach ministry. Now, CMA members go to many rallies and motorcycling events. They help out. We help out wherever we can, whether it's registration, setup, cleanup, picking up garbage, maybe flagging races, whatever they need help with. We help them. And that gives us the opportunity to be with the bikers so that when the door opens, we can share the gospel, with them, which is what we want to do. Now, if we can see the next slide. I may have got behind here, but... The uh, Run for the Sun started about... Uh, 
32 years ago, I think it was in 1987, and they wanted to present a motorcycle to a pastor in Guatemala. And this is the very first motorcycle that was presented with, to Pastor Tomas. And it is back in the United States now. They have it at headquarters, and they show it off. But this was the very first motorcycle that was ever presented from Run for the Sun. And uh, where am I? And we have the next slide. Run for the Sun, as it said in the video, we split the money three, four ways. 20% for indigenous pastors through missionary ventures. 20% goes to restricted access countries where we present Bibles, study materials, their open doors ministry, and 20% to share the gospel in remote areas of the world through the Jesus Film Project. And the 40% stays here in Canada to purchase Bibles, tracts, to help with prison ministry, to help our evangelists and do what they do. But one thing I want you to remember about this money that we raise for Run for the Sun, absolutely none of it is used for the administration of CMA, it all goes 100% towards missions. And even our three partners have agreed to do their services, to give us their services for free. So all the money we give them goes to missions and outreach. Next slide. Yeah, okay, and the next one. Okay, I want you to look at this world map. CMA, because of Run for the Sun and our partners, is in 194 countries around the world. Now, if you look at that map, all the countries that are colored in yellow and red and blue and green have had the gospel in their country because of Run for the Sun, either through Missionary Ventures or Open Doors or the Jesus Film or CMA internationally. That's just amazing that the gospel has gone to so many countries. There's only, I believe, two countries left that need to hear the gospel. And we're representatives from the Jesus film have said we'll be there within five years. So we'll have got the gospel all across the world through the Run for the Sun ministry. It's a very, very important ministry. Uh, next slide. And as we said earlier, last year the money we raised just over $117,000. Through Missionary Ventures, we have placed 12 motorcycles to pastors in those various countries. Now, one thing they have said, they have followed the pastors to see what's happening with the motorcycles. And they track what happens. On average, for every motorcycle given, 180 people are saved, 10 churches are planted, and 100 people are discipled per year. So that means for the 12 motorcycles that CMA Canada has presented, approximately 1,200 people will be discipled each year, 2,100 people will be saved, and 120 churches will be planted. That's just amazing. And that's why we're asking you to come be part of it. Now the next slide. Back in 2004, uh, Lynn and I were very privileged to go to a missionary a missions uh, trip to Guatemala and present motorcycles. This is one of the motorcycles we presented to uh, Pastor Diego. And he was really special. And as I mentioned yesterday, the whole time we were there, I mean, he spoke Spanish, or the missionary there translated. But we presented him with something that he could use in his ministry, and it was a DVD. And the only words in English I ever heard him say was, Ah, DVD! And he was so excited about that. 
And I remember his little daughter. Uh, one of our members on the trip had a little doll that they gave the daughter, and she just hugged that daughter. I think it may have been the first doll that she ever had. But to see the looks on their faces, the smiles on their faces, and the ability that these motorcycles give them to go to the different villages. We have the next slide. And again, another slide. Now, we presented one to this pastor as well, and he said, you know, I've been praying for 10 years for a motorcycle. 10 years, and I knew God would answer my prayer, and I just thank you, CMA, for giving this to me. Now I can go to many more villages. I can, you know, he can go all day long on his motorcycle where he had to walk for days and days and days and come home at night. This motorcycle was a tool that helped him reach so many more people. He was really, really excited about it. You can go to the next slide. Now the Jesus film I talked about in the, in the video uh, in Tanzania. I keep struggling with that name. I want to call it something else. But we have completed one language group with partnering with the Jesus film, and we're working on a second one, the Safwa language. And the next slide. And if you look at that, you can just see when they show those films, when they show the Jesus film, the people gather around. And I've seen pictures where the, the children, the tears are running down their face when they hear about Jesus. And it is so important for them. Now the next one. For open doors, the funds been used last year were used in two different countries, a Caribbean island nation, providing pastors with daily necessities of life, uh, including you know transportation, food. The retired pastors have basically no income, so we're able to help them out and their families. Uh, the second part of the money went to uh, Nigeria to provide emergency relief to Christians already living in famine, and because of their faith, were forced to flee their homes because of the Boko Haram extremists. And we've all heard about that on the news. And special focus was on the widows and children and the elderly who were often hit the hardest. 15,000 families were helped. You have the next slide. Oh yes, I want to mention something else. How many of you heard of Open Doors Ministry and Brother Andrew and his book, God Smuggler? Yeah, quite a few of you have. Well, we were at a rally in Arkansas one year and Brother Andrew was there. And he spoke, and he was just amazing. And he says, you know, I'm not smuggling Bibles. I call it creative distribution. And that's what he said. And it, it was really, really neat to meet this man that we'd read about. And uh, again, he has done so much for spreading the gospel around the world. Now, I want to read you a piece of scripture. I know you've all heard it before. It's, it's, uh, it's our great command. But then Jesus, in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, run for the Son is one of the ways that we can help this great commission, how we can be part of it. It doesn't mean that we don't have to go and share the gospel with our bikers in the local area, but this is another way that we can be part of that great commission. In Canada this year, our Run for the Sun uh, falls on June the 2nd, 
which was already said. We will get on our motorcycles, and that day we're going to go for a ride of approximately 160 kilometers to raise money for Run for the Sun. Now our goal here this year is $135,000. Seems like a lot, but you know what? It's an investment in the kingdom of God. It's not just a fundraiser. The money goes to the kingdom of God. And uh, when your friends or family or Gary and Brenda here ask you to support them for Run for the Sun, you know that money is going for missions. It's going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. So help Gary and Brenda, help CMA, help the gospel go around the world. And one more slide. Will you support Run for the Sun? And uh, help CMA Canada change the world one heart at a time. And thank you very much for having us here and partnering with us for Run for the Sun. I don't have a schedule, but I think uh, Malcolm is speaking next, so I'd like to introduce our national evangelist. Ah, there he is. God bless you, brother. What a message. I'm not going to need that. You can take that with you. <laughs> you wouldn't want that. <laughs> Wow, what a weekend, and I am so glad that we had some time in after Brenda sang her song, because I wasn't going to be able to read my notes, because I don't know about you, but that song on my father's side, <laughs> it kind of gets to me, and um, anytime you hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, it should get to you. Anyway, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship time together here this morning. It is so good to see each and every one of you here this morning, because we all have a point in common. And actually, I'm going to change that word point to person. We all have a person in common, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is why we're here, folks. Really, that is why we're here. That is what has stirred our hearts this morning to come out and fellowship together. And the fields that are white on the harvest are still out there waiting for us to go out to them. But before I get going very much further here this morning, I want to take the time to thank this place of fellowship for your facilities here this weekend. You have opened your hearts. You have embraced us with enthusiasm. You have extended to us the right hand of fellowship. And thank you so much. And praise God, Pastor Bruce and your wife and your church family here for opening this up to the Christian Motorcyclists Association. You're... <laughs> Your facilities here have met all of our needs and then some. It has truly been a blessing for us to be here again. And just a point of concern, if any of you are the least bit concerned of some of the bikers being in your midst, is there anybody here concerned about us being here? Okay, okay I've got a hand there. Okay, oh, wrong hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, my point is, is that just come and speak to me if you're a bit concerned. 
and I will go speak to their wives. And they will straighten it out for you. How's that? I would like to share with you all here this morning a seldom spoken on piece of Scripture. Actually, I do not think in my 30 plus years of being a Christian that I have ever heard a message on this piece of Scripture. But it actually pertains to each and every one of us, whether we're a biker or just a church member here this morning. Luke chapter 10 is found in Luke chapter 10, and that's it. It has no corresponding cross-references on its timeline. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there are references to Jesus sending out the twelve. But in Luke chapter 10, 70 are sent out. So let's look at Luke chapter 10. Let's read from God's Word and see what God wants to instill in each one of our hearts here this morning. Luke chapter 10, reading verses 1 to 11. Jesus sends forth the 70. And after these things, the Lord appointed another 70 also, and he sent them out two by two before his face, that's important, into every city and place that he himself would come. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the fields. Go your ways, Behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. Carry neither purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house you enter, first say, Peace be to you this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. And if not, it shall turn to you again. Verse 7. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking, such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And into whatsoever city ye enter, ye and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. But into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you not, go your way out into the streets the same way. And say, Even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, and we do wipe off against you, notwithstanding, be ye sure of this that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. And in verse 17 and 18, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto you through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, your word is so precious. Your word is what has spoken to that lady's heart who picked a track out of the garbage. Your word is what has been spoken into third world countries where we were accused of smuggling per se, but you have allowed us to call it creative distribution. And Father God, this morning we are here to look into your word, each and every one of us to draw nigh unto thee, and to hear what you would have us say through your holy and precious word. But Father, thank you for sending your flock here this morning. Thank you for sending your sheep. Thank you for binding us together. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. For it is in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Well, that is all fine and dandy. We can turn and look at each other and know who we are. I can look out in this congregation and see certain faces and names, and I can apply names to those faces, and I know who they are, who you are. But I have no name for these 70 people. Why did Jesus send them out? And what was their purpose? What was wrong with the 12 disciples? Why not send them? Why not send them out two by two? Was it only that two people could fit on a camel? Was it only two people could be on a horse? Or even looking in the distant future, was it only that two people could sit on a motorbike? Interesting. Or is it a simple suggestion from God or from Jesus Christ to these people that had a much deeper meaning? That had a much deeper portrayal of how he could meet your needs? Remember Gideon had 30,000 and God said too many. And he whittled them down to 300 so that you will know that God is with you. And the things that happened were because of God's power, God's strength upon you, and his purpose, and nothing in and of yourself. And could it possibly be that Jesus knew that he had also said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be with you also? In one aspect, think of it as present-day advertising. These people were sent out into towns and villages that Jesus in the future would pass through. And they would be saying and sharing and preparing the ground, the soil that they were going out amongst, with samples of living seed, of the living word, personal eyewitness experiences of what we should be able to do, of what Jesus would be able to do for them and through them. Now, Jesus could either send out his own group of chosen people to share the gospel that would portray it accurately and not mess it up with meism. Or he could just let the gossip train go. 
Now, I was going to do something this morning, and I'm not sure uh, how it would have turned out, but have any of you ever sat in a circle and had somebody whisper something in your ear, and then that story goes along, down, around, through, and it comes back? Well, I was wondering how this would turn out, and I was looking for a, a pew that had CMA members plus uh, the fellowship church members here. And I was wondering if you would allow me a little grace here, Pastor Bruce. Great. Because this is all about you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, and rather than put anybody to shame, I'm just going to whisper something in Dot's ear. Actually, I will let you read it. You got it? Next one. Whisper it in his ear. <laughs> I'll let that go. Actually, I'm not sure how that's going to turn out. You could be in trouble. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, I, I think I'll carry on with the message, and uh, we'll just let that go and, and see how it, it comes out. Jesus could either send his own chosen group of people out to share a clear and accurate portrayal of who he was, or he could rely on town gossip to establish the stories the problem with doing that, though, is that it would not be accurate, the portrayal of it would be different, and the truth of it would be lost. This is, is this not what CMA is all about, and what you folks really want to do here in your own realm, in your world? Go out into the highways and byways and share the accurate gospel of Jesus Christ? What do we have, Lynn? Well, that's really close. Thank you. Bruce just bought a new-to-him 1800 Yamaha Venture Royale. He hits the road today. <laughs> You're in, brother. <laughs> but you can see why Jesus chose 70 people to go out and prepare the highways and byways for him with the truce. They would go out sharing the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. That salvation is through him and his name. That sins would be forgiven. And that the miracles that Jesus had done for those 70 that they had experienced, they would be promising them, the, the people that they went into, that they could call upon the very same name with no discretions. Their number, 70. That's actually pretty close to the amount of CMA members that were present this weekend. And as with the disciples, they were given pretty much the same instructions and benefits as the 12. But where the 12 apostles or disciples stayed with Jesus for close instruction, 
in the ministry. And actually, Jesus once said in a piece of scripture, those whom you have given to me, that is why they stayed. But the 70 were also dedicated followers of Jesus as well as his ministry grew. I don't know about you, but boy, that's a rather fast-growing ministry. In a short time, Jesus had 70 people to be able to send out. Look at it this way. Would there be 70 people in this place of worship that the pastor could send out into the highways and byways with the confidence of to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? He'd be doing cartwheels in here. And he'd be out there with you, I am sure. Also, I'm reasonably certain that these 70 that are spoken of by Peter in Acts chapter 115 are part of the number of 120 as well. I suspect many of them were friends of the apostles, relatives and companions. And we read about them in roundabout ways in the later epistles. And personally, I find a very nice correlation between the fact that most CMA members are out there in numbers of two as well. This morning, my wife and I drove to your place of worship behind two bikers. Two bikers. Whether we're on the same bike or not, generally we're out there with another CMA member sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we take strength. We take comfort with another like-minded person out there with us. I will touch more on that shortly as to why there were two. But you know, we actually encourage our CMA members to do the same thing. Don't go alone. Take someone with you. Another interesting point here is the purpose. The work or business that he was sending them out for. He sent them two by two. Do you know what two two by fours are stronger than one four by four? There's a dynamic there. And the reason for this is that they would strengthen one another. I heard last night of two CMA members, four of them sat together for dinner. And the encouragement and the strength that they got from each other. They never ever really knew each other, but they took the time to sit down together for dinner. And all oh, the conversation that came from them later last night, one guy was just jumping. To, I didn't realize there was another mm, on fire Christian biker out there. And then I was speaking to the other couple, and they were going, I didn't think they were like that. These guys are really into the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what happens when we get together. And another thought of Jesus is that it would be for protection of them on their journey. Jesus knows what you need while you're out there. A lone person will be a target, but two gives extra thought to those who would do you harm. And Jesus was not one to leave any stone unturned. There was not one village that he didn't go into that's recorded in the scriptures where somebody somewhere called out to him. A blind man sitting on the side hearing the shuffle of feet. A woman reaching through the crowd to touch. People knew he was coming. The, the uh, lepers called from afar. 
The seventy went into the villages and towns that Jesus would pass through as his proclaimers, as his heralds for the truth, to let folks know of the fact that the kingdom of God is nigh. There is great meaning to that piece of scripture. It's closer. Even we as CMA use this concept, as does this place of worship. When you're putting on an event, you're advertising, you're letting people know out there of something coming in advance. And that is why Jesus sent the 70. There's something coming in advance that you don't know about. Trust me. Listen to them. Get into my word. Some may only consider it garbage to be tossed away. And I thank you so much for that story. That will be shared this year more than you think. But a soul was saved. A multitude of sins covered over. Snatched from hell. Some of us have even been interviewed right here in this local facility on a radio station. My first time. God knows what he's doing when he's preparing the soil. As you heard this morning, all we have to do is be faithful and go. It's kind of like plan your work and work your plan. So what about these 70 people? Do we know that do you know that they were sent face to face from Jesus? Jesus literally spoke to each one of the 70. And the request was to go coming right from him. Jesus sent them. Folks, these 70 people saw the face of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The power he gave them and the mission that they were on as they went was to heal the sick. And not only were they to heal the sick, but they were to do this in a particular way. And it's something that we as CMA members have been failing in. They were to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a major shift in power and authority when that happens. They were to make his name known. My dear friends here this morning, when you're going out there, that makes all the difference in the world. Because Jesus' name means Savior. For all intents and purposes, the Savior was born 30 years prior. And like any great story in the Palm Sunday, there was great enthusiasm and fanfare. But over the last three decades, a lot of it had fallen off. And here was the boost, the power coming back to tell them, I have come to fulfill my Father's will. And Jerry, you spoke of the Great Commission. That is in each and every one of our hearts and minds. We are to go. These 70 people would let the world know that Jesus was alive and well. And this would let them know that a major change was in the swing and was coming. And their beliefs were going to be challenged. 
This would let them know that there really was someone out there who cared. That's another purpose of CMA. People praying for 10 years for a bike. I bet you any one of you can go downtown tomorrow and buy one. Most of all, this would let them know in whom they should seek. This would let them know who was coming. This would give them a name above all names of a person they could go out to and thank because these 70 people healed people. These 70 people drove out demons. And when Jesus would go through those towns, they would know that that power, that authority, the freedom of life that they now have came through this name. Because these 70 did not take any glory for themselves. It would also make him sought after. Can you see the psychological advantage and knowledge that Jesus was doing to prepare the field? And then people would want to come and meet him one-on-one. -on -one. Even though maybe only one would come back out of the ten, at least he got some recognition. And it would also let folks know in advance that Jesus was coming through their town because as you read in Scripture, it says he stayed at this place and that place. Those doors were open to him because he prepared. He sent his fellow workers before him, and that's what the pastor is hoping to do, praying to do with you. That is what we are doing in CMA with our members, sending them out into a lost and dying world to invite people to come in and find eternal rest. I hope you're all sitting down. How many of you came out this morning without praying? Well, now, Malcolm, that's kind of being a little bold, isn't it? How many CMA, CMA members came to this weekend without praying? Ouch. How many of us as Christians, as we call ourselves, how many of us begin a task? How many of us begin a journey? How many of us begin a project and do not start it in prayer? In verse 2, we see that they must set out first in prayer. Hmm. I'll tell you, there is great depth to what's going on there. Why do we pray? Because it focuses us from me to, Father God, what would you have me do? I already think I know what I should do, and I go do it, and it doesn't work. And God is still standing here going, let me know how you make out. Because if it's in a project or if it's in something I thought I was doing or being led, a month, a week, a year, I'll be back saying, Lord, I made a mistake. Folks, this focuses us. This brings us into tune with God and His directives, not my thoughts. 
We know the fields are white unto harvest. But do you know which area of the field to go into? I don't. Asking God first what he would have you do, where he would have you go, accomplishes his will, accomplishes his purpose, and very much improves your harvesting capabilities. One Saturday morning, my wife and I got up to go this way with our bikes. And I know, guys, it's not nice to say, yes, dear, you're right. But she said, I think we should go this way. And I'm going like, hmm, okay, because she always asks me, where are we going? And I tell her, and she follows. But this morning, she said, let's go here. So we went there and had three people, bikers, three bikers turn around and say, what you said this morning spoke to me. You have given me a lot to think about. I will speak with you later on these things. I would not have got those three bikers in those conversations if we had went this way. I am going to challenge the CMA members here this morning to present your blessing stickers this year with a difference. I do not know how many times I have heard this statement. Hey, you got your sticker yet? We are missing major opportunities. Please take the time to say, Jesus wants you to have this sticker. I challenge you with that. I encourage you to pray before you go and do that. Mention the name of Jesus. Can I pray for you on something? And watch what happens. You want to say, I passed out this many stickers? I will give you that credit. But you reach one who wants more than that sticker. You reach the one who wants more than that sticker, and a proper harvest will happen. A new name can be written down in glory, and a multitude of sins covered over a gang and a possible co-laborer beside you, because a person that you lead to Jesus Christ through the wonderful grace of his name never departs from your side. They love you forever. A relationship is established. I still know who first mentioned the word of God to me. And I love him dearly. The next point that we are found or told about is that we are not to go burdened down with all the creature comforts. But take only that which you need. What do you need? You need to be filled up with prayer in the Holy Spirit first. And the last thing you need is to be filled up with prayer in the Holy Spirit last of all. That's all you need. Why do we think we have to have this and that and that nuisance of a cell phone and that goes off when you're right in the middle of a conversation and you're just about ready to get into, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and your phone goes off? One moment, please. No, don't do that. I'm sorry, Ivan. I know you tried to reach me two or three times this weekend, but I shut it off so that 
God's telling me, speak to people. I was sharing with Gary and Lynn, we don't know how to communicate anymore. I am amazed that, and don't get me wrong, young folks, I, when I took my sweetheart out for dinner, when I was dating her, it was, oh gosh. Whew. Now I see them sitting across from each other doing this. Look up. I was actually in a restaurant where I knew a couple and, and he was texting and she was sitting there. What about me? And I know Red Green says we're men, we can change. <laughs> but look up. Put the thing down and seek that which matters. And when I pointed that out, his wife looked over at me and went, Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Don't just ask if they've got a sticker. Go prayed and watch God protect you. And watch God provide for you. And watch him come alongside of you while you labor in his field. Whether you are a biker here this morning or a church member, God's Word and His Holy Spirit are all you will ever need. I remember the time I didn't really think it was set up afterwards. At first I was scared. Once again, Mr. Ricker here said, Malcolm, go over there and give those people a sticker. So I walked over full of confidence and everything. I didn't know I was going over to the local Bacchus recruiting van. Gaius sitting back there. I walked back and, how'd you make out? I'm alive. <laughs> One of the guys here instinctively started to reach for the patch, the sticker. And the recruiter went, oh, but I bet you he never made it in there. Because they, that guy then would have known that this guy could be not sincere. Who knows what happened with that? Opposition. Yep. It's going to happen. It's a tough world out there because I know who thinks he owns it. It's not his, but he thinks it's his. And that is why you pray before going. Because as soon as you pray in Jesus' name and you go out there, I'm not saying it will break loose. But Ephesians 6.10 tells me where my resistance comes from. If you're going to pray in Jesus' name, you just put a target on your back by him. And I think, Ivan, that's why I've been challenged because of who I'm speaking about here in the next little bit. I was burdened this last two or three weeks, just beat down considering my worth and my well-being and my CMA family, and I was really struggling. But God has persevered and blessed. Jesus knew this, and he sent them out with a warning that there were wolves out there, but nevertheless he said, I am sending you. I, Jesus, am sending you. And also something here that is key as to why we should pray before going. Because I've already touched on it. God may direct you somewhere else. It is better to be in his purpose, folks, and in his will. And you will understand why when it happens. 
I don't want you to go there. I want you to go here. Now, I need to tell you something all here this morning. I need to make you all aware of an invisible line. It's there, but you've never, ever considered it. It's there, that you, but you've never, ever realized that you cross over it when you go out in Jesus' name. The reason we need to pray before we go is because you go out to do something in Jesus' name in this physical world, and if that's as far as you're thinking, that's as far as you will go. You are indeed going out into a physical world because God created it. But the world into which you are going out to do service to God is in a spiritual realm. And that is why a lot of us are ineffective because we are not prepared. You see, it is not the Word of God that is foolish, just some of us who use it unwisely. God's Word tells us that we are in a spiritual battle. Somebody tell me where Ephesians chapter 6 is. <laughs> you got to love it. <laughs> Thank you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. The heading over my chapter in my Bible on chapter 6 is Advice to Children and Servants. Okay, I'm one of them. Over top of chapter 10, it says the whole armor of God. But chapter 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities. Do you really understand now the realm that you're moving into? Do you know who controls that realm? Do you know who the prince of this earth is? I didn't say king. He's only a prince, but he's a follower one nevertheless but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. Duh. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then it tells you how to build yourself. How to protect yourself with the armor. And that is why the armor of God is mentioned at the exact same time as this. And when, all you and when you have all your armor on, you're ready to fight, right? Oh dear, don't even go there. Don't, I beg you right now to stop. The armor is for you for protection, not for advancement. When you have all that armor on, it simply tells you to stand. I had a friend of mine come up to me 
And he said, Malcolm, I've got it figured out. He said, I've got my armor on. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do battle with Satan. I can take him. And I'm going like, whoa, whoa. And I hope nobody's name here is Roger. I said, Roger, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't do that. He said, I've got the armor. I've got it all on. I know what it means. I said, Roger. And the man disappeared from our church for a year and a half. And he came back and beaten up. He got into drugs. He got messed up. Where was his army? Ar- sorry. Where was his armor? Shot full of holes. You will go down in defeat. The battle, folks, has already been won by my commander. His name is Jesus Christ. He has won and we've been giving a field to harvest. We are to be about our father's business like he said. We're simply to stand in the full knowledge of his word. Need I say more about God's word on what we should do? Just remember P-B-Y-G. Pray before you go. The next advice that Jesus gives these 70 is to go in my strength. Go in my protection. Go in my provision. But he tells you to go in my name. And first and foremost, and I will look after all your needs. I will look after you while you labor for me in my fields. I am your master. Trust me. And I will look out for you. I will look out for you in ways that you cannot imagine. Because I can make a closed door open for you. I can make people show up in a time of trouble when you're broken down. I can give you a full tank of gas before you start your journey on the way home on another province. Because, Malcolm, you don't need the, you don't know that there's going to be an accident on the road. And then you don't know the directions. And you're going to have to backtrack in fog on a dark night and don't know the byways and highways to get off that province. That's why that tank was filled up, my friend. God bless you and thank you very much. And I haven't paid you back for that yet, but I'm thinking of a special way. But God knew that I was going to be coming across an accident. All I am asking you to do is just go and do what I have asked you. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Another point is that they were to be men of business. Of purpose. Business that relates to the spiritual world and therefore as an ambassador for that world. We do not seem to put the best light or foot for Jesus Christ forward. It is not my thoughts and ideas that need to go forward. They need to be those of the kingdom of God. And actually, folks, it's been placed in your hands here this morning, whether you recognize it or not. We are to greet people with goodwill and harmony and peace. And if a contentious issue arises, then we are to stand there and argue with them. No. Shake the dust off your feet and walk away. I had to correct somebody the other day. I will argue this with you. I said, no, I'll debate. 
shake the dust off. Jesus never put effort into foolishness, not once. Not once. We're told at times he just walked right out through the crowd. I can't do anything here. Might as well move on. Interestingly enough, this amazing task, tasking of the 70, ends with warnings that the message that they are carrying is so valuable, so precious, so life-altering, that it will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it would be for these cities. I wrestled for years over that. And it was a few years ago I came to terms with the understanding of it. That was the law. We're now living under grace, and the king was amongst us. There's always deeper meanings to God's word if you want to get into it. Brothers and sisters in the Lord here this morning, how many of you have gone out in Jesus' name with spiritual blessings upon you? Let me word it a little different. How many of you have gone out to do the Lord's work and returned with joy at what had happened and what was accomplished? In closing, do you know that the 70 did not return with complaints? Notice that they did not return with fatigue. Notice they did not return with disillusioned thoughts and ideas as to what their purpose was. But they came back bearing stories of victory in Jesus' name. They gave Christ the glory. And this in of itself should not be strange to us. Because he's the one that sent us in the first place. Should he not get all the honor and the glory? Because if you keep a bit of it like Ananias and Sapphira, there's a price to pay. Then you can truly say that the forces of darkness were held back from your labors. Then you can truly say that the task that God chose to lay upon you and that you accepted had the Holy Spirit's blessings. And then you can truly say and be able to take comfort in the fact that what you did pleased Jesus and you feel good. And you will know that Satan fell like lightning. The book of James tells us to go in his name, to pray up, and Jesus will flee from you. That's our challenge here this morning, to go out two to up two by two. That's why he sends us out together, because he knows we need each other. May God bless you all this day as you go out into the highways and byways with an understanding that it's a spiritual realm you're going into battle in and that the fields are white under harvest, but so send I you is the command. Simply witness. Let's pray. Actually, I think I'll call upon Pastor Bruce to come up and dismiss us here this morning, brother, please.